0: Hello, this is Debbie Gallant with The Chemophiles, episode 2, and today's subject, titty talk. <laughs> Boobs, tits, honkers, headlights, jugs, sweater puppies, um, <laughs> <zangas>. <laughs> Um, is it bazangas or bazongas? Mm, that, uh, that is an old question. Thanks, Noah. It's always helpful to have a 23-year-old son around when you need the trash emptied or another synonym for tits. At any rate, this has been quite the week or two weeks for breast talk, to put it delicately. And if you are a recent mastectomy patient with a podcast and a penchant for the absurd, it's been, well, a bazanga bonanza. I'm referring especially to the controversy in Times Square, and here I'll just handed over to my radio reporter
1: husband. First it was the Elmos, now it's topless women accused of ruining Times Square. The mayor has appointed a task force to find a legal way to get them to stop. The police commissioner suggests close the pedestrian plazas and reintroduce car traffic. I think that's a little ridiculous and as you can see the construction is still going on to build the damn thing. Robert Burke aka the naked cowboy knows a thing or two about performing topless in Times Square. He has a suggestion for the women, just put on a bra. He started carrying one himself. Warren left Robinson, New York.
0: If that wasn't enough, last Sunday hundreds of women gathered in New York City for a topless march. And I sent young correspondent Becky Dawson out to find out what was going on. Free of breasts! Free of mind!
1: Free of breasts! Free of mind!
0: Okay, so that's the context, that's the news. And what, you may ask, does any of this have to do with your favorite microphone-toting cancer patient?
1: Popular culture is always pretty much breast-obsessed. I mean, I think you notice it more when yours have been taken off. But (laughs) it's... look. Times Square is is a perfect example of this. Here we have this thing in Times Square... It went from being, you know, just a big traffic intersection to a place where people gather. It's a, it's, you, you could even see it as a kind of tourist snare. It's really good for New York. As you could collect all the tourists here, and maybe they won't overrun all our favorite places. And it was, of course, disorderly, and uh, people got upset about uh, overly aggressive Elmo's and Spider-Man, etc. But they lived with that until there were tits involved. And once the tits were involved, it's crazy. And I kind of avoided covering all that because I kind of thought it was stupid. And I'm in a sort of stage with you, where I'm trying to take care of you. And so, if there's an assignment and somebody says we need you to go there, I will go there. But I felt like I'm not volunteering. And and until it was, until the issue was, do we actually tear up the pedestrian plazas because of the tits? Then I thought, okay. Now, I have to actually go cover this story. I have to actually volunteer to go cover this story, and that's, that's how I got there. But the thing is, if you look at magazines, men's magazines, women's magazines, God knows what all magazines, et cetera, culture is pretty much breast-obsessed. You really notice it, of course, when you know, yours are at stake as well.
0: Okay, so you can see, almost four weeks out from the surgery, we're able to discuss this formerly scary word, mastectomy, pretty casually. Although, even when you talk about it clinically, you still hear some remnants of this weird social dynamic. Even when you people say what kind of cancer, and you say breast cancer, it's almost like a little bit embarrassing. I mean, um, and and it, you know, it, you know, I like if you said vagina cancer or you know, sex cancer or something like that. Meanwhile, in totally non-political ways, I'm constantly thinking about my breasts. So in addition to that, into the, in addition to the whole idea of breasts being something like this, you know, red light district of conversation, um, is the fact that here I am, I had a mastectomy, everybody's scared of that word, you know, I was scared of that word, and I knew that, that however, that it, it offered an opportunity for me as someone who really did not like my breasts, as being enormous and making it very hard to buy clothing that would look good on me to have this opportunity to have smaller breasts. And um, it even took some convincing of the plastic surgeon that I was you know, quite content with these little breasts that, you know, popped out. Now, I know there's a lot about breast reconstruction I don't understand. On one of my first follow-up visits with my plastic surgeon, he injected surgeon. some extra saline. That was a surprise. Wait before you start. Mm-hmm. So, how much are you putting in? Sixty cc's. So, like, what size am I now?
1: You're, you're probably a B cup easily. Okay. So, you know, if you like your size now, there's there the inf- expanders don't ha- aren't that full now, so uh-huh. I think this will just give us a little bit more space. to Right. Work. So maybe one more after this. We'll okay. see. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Right. I'll
0: just have you rest your hand down at your side. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, right. One, two,
0: three. Ten days later, I was pretty darn sure I didn't want to do that again. Okay. And I, like, I don't want it
1: any bigger. You're good? I'm
0: good. Okay, Is nice. that okay? Yeah, totally. Okay. Now, at the moment, my breasts look like some kind of Frankenstein experiment gone wrong, and they feel like boulders. And thank goodness, nobody but my husband and my surgeons have to look at them. I was not going to be one of those women showing up for the topless march in New York City. I asked Warren, who has seen these rock-like, scar-laced lumps more than anyone else, if he's been repelled. He's not.
1: If you're at a construction site. Do you think, oh, that's ugly. Oh, can you possibly have a nice building out of that or a nice road or a nice whatever? <laughs> no, it's, you know, you look at that and you say, all right, that's sort of interesting. Um, well, I'll, you know, I'll not judge what it's going to finally look like. I'll trust that Dr. Schmidt knows what he's knows what he's doing. And I know that you are not one to suffer in silence. So you'll make sure that you get whatever shape you want with uh, as far as it is within your and his power. To uh, dictate a final shape
0: meanwhile i learned a new word from the nurse navigator karen lowen in regard to breasts and that word is contour in other words the shape of your breasts under your clothes and already in my opinion and in the opinion of some of my friends i've already achieved a better contour Here's my friend Sue. So I think he looks felt. Which is what you <laughs> always, always wanted. Always inspired to. Right? Always, yeah, just the, the lack of the big boobs. And my friend Frank keeps saying, "Oh, Debbie, you look so good! Like I've just come back from some plastic surgery tourism vacation." But Warren did have one concern.
1: But on the other hand, I'm not sure about what it what you're going through now. What it means to replace. Something that was living, uh, if unruly, with something that may be pretty but not alive. Uh, that's that's all I'm thinking about there. But no, um, honestly, you know, I, I'm in terms of what shape you end up with. If you like it, that's fine. But I'm, you know, if it makes you uh, reasonably pleased with yourself, that's fine. I don't, I don't care.
0: I had a similar concern when talking to my daughter Margot, who's 26, the night before the surgery. We talked about a lot of things. The fact that she likes having big breasts, even though I didn't. The time she stole all of my bras when she was about eight. The awkwardness of going bra shopping when she was little. Even breastfeeding. But one thing I worried about was, well, that she'd always like to lean up against my breasts for comfort. Yeah, that sounds very, like, an Oedipus complex no, kind of thing. No, it's not an Oedipus. No, I've just, it's like... It's just being a child. It's just yeah, being... I mean, do, like you wanna, ch- do you like, want to snuggle up to me? Now? Yeah, it's not really... Does that make you sad? They are very comfortable. It's, like, close to your heart, and that's what I'm leaning to, but, yeah. like... So it's not really about like oh I want to lean on my mom's breasts. no it's no like, I it's yeah. it's a very natural thing go ahead yeah it's so a... it's not like oh no like my mom's you know because your heart is still there oh and I've always loved your heart I mean they're gonna be they're they're gonna be firmer they're gonna be the consistency of um, gummy bears I really like gummy bears. <laughs> You've been listening to The Chemophiles, Episode 2. Thanks to Warren Levinson for editing and his general profundity. To Noah Levinson for sweater puppies and coming up with the concept of The Chemophiles. To my doctors who've all been generous in allowing me to tape them. To Becky Dawson who schlepped up to the topless march on a practically no notice. And to composer Evan Schwartzman for the original music, Titular Two-Step. I'll be back. What do you guys think? Do you think that uh, it's criminalizing these women's work in going topless? Or? I think it's ridiculous that they're making such a big deal about it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's well, like naked cowboy. I keep saying that, but like that dude, I don't want to see that dude in a speedo. <laughs> you know?
1: I do, but <laughs> I want to <laughs> see everybody naked. It's nice. But you know what I
0: mean though? It's like everybody's okay with like, little kids taking pictures with him, but you show a breast and
1: it's like end times.